Hello and welcome to Christian's Corner. This is your host, Christian Millsaps. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It is good to be back, and it's also good to have sports back. Everything, for the most part, is returning with a lot of fluidity and a lot of success. Or at least some people are having success. The MLB right now is really struggling to contain the virus as three teams, not even a week into the season, have already had to postpone games. Specifically, the Miami Marlins, who've already had 20-plus players or staff members in their organization test positive for the coronavirus. And as a result of that, their first series was against the Philadelphia Phillies, who also had to postpone a week until today where they played their first game since playing the Marlins in the opener due to the fact that they wanted to make sure that all their players and staff members were safe and that their future opponents would be safe as well. Now the newest team to have another breakout are the St. Louis Cardinals, who have had 13 players and staff members test positive for the virus, and they've had to postpone four games until August 7th where they will play against the Chicago Cubs. The MLB right now is really struggling to maintain this virus, and CEO of the Miami Marlins, Derek Jeter, attributes it to players just being a little too lax when they're traveling. No one has really had a problem during the games or practices. It's mostly been during travel. Players are not taking this seriously enough, going out and doing whatever they are to catch this virus. And Jeter says, I hope it's a wake-up call to the rest of the league so that they can take it more seriously as this virus spreads very easily and it's too dangerous to have the entire league just spreading it throughout. So hopefully the MLB will wake up a little bit and not follow the Miami Marlins example so that they can stay healthy and for baseball fans, they they can continue to put out that product so everybody can enjoy it. And also, for the sake of the people watching the MLB and following what's going on, I hope they get it under control and really make a big deal of it because it's important that those watching really understand that yes, this is important. Yes, this disease needs to get under control and we need to take the rules and regulations being put out by the CDC very seriously. A lot of people look up to these players as examples, as idols, and they need to follow the rules so that these people know that, you know what, If they're following it, maybe I should too. Especially because a lot of the demographics of the fans watching the MLB are those who aren't wearing masks and those who aren't really taking the situation seriously. So I hope that they can get that sorted for an even more important reason than just being able to actually get out there on the field and play games, but more importantly, to set an example to those watching it. Then on the other hand, you look at an organization or a league like the NBA who haven't had a single person test positive for the coronavirus. Obviously, their situation is significantly, significantly different than what the MLB is going through right now. With the NBA and the way the game's played and the size of the court, well, you can fit three full-size NBA courts into a giant room in Orlando. You can't quite fit an MLB field in a giant room. You're just not going to have enough space. So that is one advantage for the NBA. Everybody that got there was tested. They quarantined. Those who have tested positive had to wait, and even when they got to the bubble, they once again quarantined. So the NBA is following a lot of regulations, a lot of rules set by Adam Silver and the committee that is governing all of this to try and make sure all their players are safe, and so far they've done a great job of that. 
But again, their situation's significantly different, so it's a lot easier for them to succeed and keep people healthy. But that's great. The NBA bubble has had a lot of success with returning, not just because no one's gotten the virus yet, but, well, the season's almost over because of the way they have set it up, and we're almost into playoff basketball already, and a lot of teams are emerging as favorites. LA have already secured their first seed, and LeBron is loving it. He is also declared himself as the MVP. He says he definitely deserves it, and he also called out all of his haters saying, nobody said I could do this in the West, and well, I just did. And yes, that is very true. It does help that you have a second MVP candidate who is statistically better than you in every category on your own team, except passing, but we won't get into that for for right now. But I'm proud of the way the NBA is handling things. They're doing a very good job and setting an example. Again, the NFL, the MLB, they're not going to be able to just stick three fields into a room and hope for the best you're not going to be able to to pull that off for the way those games are played and the size of the fields. So the NFL and the MLB are just going to have to be careful and really make it a point to their players that you got to take these rules seriously. you got to be careful when you're traveling. Otherwise, you're going to put others in jeopardy and quite possibly your season. And sticking with the NBA bubble, a lot of teams are starting to really emerge as favorites. The Lakers and the Bucks being the two favorites. Lakers in the West, obviously, they've already secured their first seed. And the Bucks, the favorites in the East. The Lakers are really, really playing well. They obviously opened up against the Clippers, where they did win a very close game. But nonetheless, they were able to get the win. LeBron and Anthony Davis are emerging as a powerhouse duo. And Anthony Davis is playing really great basketball right now and has all season with LeBron being able to focus more on passing and letting AD kind of take over, obviously, um, in the scoring department, and also really thriving defensively, as always, because, well, he's Anthony Davis. The Lakers are in a prime position to succeed and get to the NBA Finals. They're playing out of their minds right now, and again, when you have a guy like LeBron, who is an MVP candidate, and a guy like Anthony Davis, who is also an MVP candidate, two of the best players in the league, you know, that's that's pretty good recipe for success, especially when the second best team in the West, the Los Angeles Clippers, right now are not at full strength. Yes, they have Paul George. Yes, they have Kawhi Leonard. Yes, they have Lou Williams. Yes, they have Montrez Harrell. They were able to go get Marcus Morris and Joakim Noah to kind of fill out their big man roles. But the issue with the Clippers is you've got a guy in Kawhi Leonard who, when he is healthy, when he is ready, He's one of the best players in the league, offensively and defensively. Paul George, he is a very talented offensive player, very athletic, and he's also a good defender. But the issue is, in the 64 games played before the season was halted, their starting lineup was only ready to play together for 11 games of the season. Now, when they played those games, they went 10-1. and But out of 64 games, being at full strength for only 11 of them, that really doesn't boast well for contending for a championship, especially when you've had so much time off, well, five months since March. The question is, will our players be able to stay healthy and really compete? That's the big if with the Clippers. You've got guys who have had injury issues, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and those guys are your two most important players. If you can't make sure that they are staying healthy, 
you know, your chances for winning a championship or even competing for one are really slim. So the Clippers' main recipes for success, well, well, let's stay healthy. Let's make sure that all of our guys who are important to this team can be out there on the court together and compete at a high level. If we don't have that, then there's no way that we're going to be able to compete with the likes of LeBron and Anthony Davis. So the Clippers are really going to have to work hard to stay healthy and make sure that they're at full strength so that they can compete at a high level and take on the Lakers, which I think it'll be a great matchup. Let's say they both get to the conference finals. I think it would be good. I think that they could compete and give us a really exciting, possibly seven-game series. But again, if even one of their guys, heck, forget Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, if they lost a guy like Lou Williams, who is very, very valuable to their scoring column, you lost a guy who's going to put in valuable points for you. And you're going to need that against a duo like Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. And especially, let's say they beat those Lakers team, how are they going to match up against a guy like Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks? They're going to need Kawhi Leonard to be on him all night. And if he's not healthy, yeah, Paul George could probably guard him. But to be honest, I don't think you're winning that series unless you have Kawhi Leonard defending Giannis. So, again, the Clippers are a big what-if. And if you look to the East, you've got a team like Milwaukee who, well, they've got Giannis, who is my favorite for MVP. I know LeBron says, you know, I think I've done enough to deserve it. But again, I think Anthony Davis statistically has had a better season than you. So, you know, you can make an argument that he's a better MVP candidate than you are, and he's on your own team. I think Giannis has been the most valuable player to his team this season. And I think that he finally is in a perfect position to get to the NBA Finals and take his team all the way. Now, it would be a tough matchup against the Clippers or the Lakers, but I think Giannis and the Bucks, who have a pretty deep roster, have what it takes. You know, with a guy like Chris Middleton, not to mention Eric Bledsoe, who is an extremely athletic and talented defender at the point guard position, you got both of the Lopez brothers, specifically Brooke Lopez, who has really added a three-point shot to his game, and he can hit it very consistently and he's a valuable player to that team. And you also have role players like Dante DiVincenzo, Malcolm Brogdon, etc. So you've got a great lineup for that Milwaukee team, a nitty-and-gritty side who could really compete at a high level, and I think, in my opinion, they've basically locked up the East. But you can also make an argument for the reigning champs Toronto Raptors, who, with Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam, proving that even without Kawhi, they're still a dominant team. Especially in this NBA bubble, they're really surprising teams and the fans. And competing at a high level, so far they're the only team to be able to beat the Lakers, who have played three games so far. And they did it in quite a nice fashion, winning 107-92 to and really shutting down Anthony Davis and LeBron James. LeBron only got 20, which was the Lakers' highest point total, and Anthony Davis was held to 14 points. LeBron also was not much of a factor passing, only having five assists, which, again, led the team. And considering LeBron is averaging 10 assists a game this season, five is a pretty good number. But if you actually watched that game, the way the Raptors played, I mean, they started off, what was it, with a 12-0 lead? I mean, it was fantastic. The passing was just beautiful. They kept making extra passes, and the Lakers just had no way of defending it. They just were the best team from the opening tip-off. 
They played a phenomenal game defensively and offensively, really limiting the Lakers' shots. Pascal did a great job of guarding LeBron and making sure he he really didn't have much of a factor in that game, and, well, he didn't. Kyle Lowry also was on fire, hitting crazy shots, was very successful from deep. And again, the passing from the Raptors was just beautiful. The Lakers had no way of defending it. Before they could even get to their man, the ball was already gone and in someone else's open hands for a nice corner three, an easy path to the bucket. Whatever it was, the Lakers just know how to defend it. And if the Raptors can keep up that level of intensity, Kyle Lowry can continue to maybe not drop 30 points, but play the way that he did. Pascal can continue to be one of the best two-way players in the game right now. I think the Raptors definitely have a very good chance. And again, you're going to need a guy like Pascal Siakam if you're going to want to compete with the Milwaukee Bucks and stop Giannis. And you can also make that argument for the Philadelphia 76ers because, well, Joel Embiid, you could try and put him on Giannis, but Joel Embiid, as athletic as he is at 7-1, he's not going to be able to keep up with Giannis. But you do have a guy in Ben Simmons who is 6'10", extremely athletic, and could definitely guard Giannis to his best ability, and Ben Simmons has a pretty good ability to play defense. So those are two teams I would say are the most ready to compete with Milwaukee as, well, they have two players who are the most capable of stopping and shutting down. Well, I shouldn't say shut down. Trying their best to contain Giannis and keep him from absolutely destroying you. Another league that has had a lot of success, or rather another sport that has had a lot of success returning during this pandemic, is all across the ocean in Europe. European soccer came back with a lot of exciting content for fans. Whether you're a fan of La Liga, whether you're a fan of the Premier League, Bundesliga, whatever it may be, there was a lot to watch and a lot that was crazy. In La Liga, which for those of you who do not watch soccer, that is the Spanish top flight soccer league, before La Liga had to be shut down and delayed due to the coronavirus, Barcelona led Real Madrid by just two points on the La Liga table. After lockdown, with a lot of momentum in Real Madrid's favor, well, they absolutely shattered La Liga and took over first place from Barcelona and won the league. It was an impressive performance by Real Madrid, especially by their captain, Sergio Ramos, who is a center back, which is a defender for those of you who do not know. And well, they they don't do a lot of scoring, right? He scored more goals post-lockdown than Barcelona's expensive transfer, Anton Griezmann, who is a striker and who was brought there to score a lot of goals and help out Lionel Messi. Well, he underperformed so far this season, and Sergio Ramos absolutely had a fantastic post-lockdown campaign leading Real Madrid as they became La Liga champions once again. It was an impressive performance and one that caught a lot of eyes from European fans, well, fans of all kinds, while watching La Liga. And in the Premier League, Liverpool finally were able to finish out their season and win the Premier League for the first time since the Premier League was founded back in 1992. And it was Liverpool's first time winning the league since the 1989-1990 season. So it was a major, major win for Liverpool, and hats off to them. They had a phenomenal campaign led by Jurgen Klopp, who was able to finally lead them to victory after getting them European success last season as they won the Champions League. My personal favorite, Chelsea, were also able to secure a spot in the top four, guaranteeing themselves a spot in next year's Champions League 
And they also were able to get to the FA Cup final, which we unfortunately lost to Arsenal in a really disappointing game where we also had a lot of injuries. Three players went down, one of whom is not even going to be playing for us next season, so I wish Pedro well as he had surgery on his dislocated elbow that he suffered in the FA Cup final on Sunday. Even though it was a disappointing loss, I'm just excited that Chelsea was able to finish top four, that we were able to make some really big signings. We're still trying to work on Kai Havertz, which would be a major signing for us, another really young, talented, attacking midfielder player who could really play anywhere we wanted him to. But it's a very bright future for Chelsea. Timo Werner will be able to play for us in the Champions League restart that will happen this month. And hopefully we will be able to catch up to Bayern in the second leg of play. But I'm just glad that we're all we're guaranteed for next year. Our future is bright with Timo Werner, Hakeem Zayek. And we, we have a couple more signings that we probably need to make. It would be nice if we could get a center back, a left back, and again... If you get a 20-year-old talent like Kai Havertz, why not? It'd be fantastic, and the future for Chelsea is bright. And last but not least, one of the biggest and probably most important sports stories that we've had in recent weeks, Patrick Mahomes, reigning Super Bowl MVP, one of the most talented and gifted players we've ever seen, grace a football field, just signed a record-breaking deal worth $503 million over 10 years. Now, that is record-breaking. It's half a million dollars, but it is not all guaranteed. So this year, he's around 2 to 3 million because he's still on his rookie contract. And the year after that, he'll bump up to 25 to 27 million. And then he will start making $45 million a year after these next two seasons. And on top of that, now this is highly unlikely, but it is a part of his contract and it's important to note. He will get an additional $25 million if he can win MVP every single year and get to the Super Bowl every single year. So that's probability, chances, very, 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 very unlikely, right? The odds of him winning MVP over the next 10 seasons and getting to the Super Bowl over the next 10 seasons is near impossible. So that's an important bit of information to note at the fact that part of that $503 million he might not ever see, granted it's only $25 million, so, you know, when you're making $45 million a year, that 25 might not be important, but it's an important fact to note. And another important fact to note is his contract, the only guaranteed money is $140 million. Now, obviously, $140 million is still a significant amount of money, so I don't think he's complaining too much. But congrats to him on getting that contract. Obviously, if you look more into the contract, there's a lot of contingencies on how he can truly make that $503 million. Obviously, a lot of it is that $45 million a year after these next two seasons. So that's a lot of money to make every year. And then you have the $25 million, which you're not guaranteed and most likely never going to see. And it's also important that he stays healthy because a lot of this money will disappear if he's not able to compete consistently throughout these next 10 years. So even though it is record-breaking, there are a lot of things that could take away a good portion of his money. And a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who does a lot of running around the field, could easily get injured and then lose out on some money. But again, you shouldn't feel bad for the guy because $140 is guaranteed. That's still more 40% more than the next highest contract. And the odds are he's going to be able to play 
a majority of those next 10 seasons and be able to collect his $45 million each year on top of some other major contracts that he's signed with endorsement deals from the likes of Oakley and now Bio still. So the guy's good to go. And the funniest thing I think, or the craziest bit of news that came from this contract is with all of this extra money he now has, he decided to go out and buy part of the Kansas City Royals. So now he's also a proud part owner of a professional baseball team. So I'd say that's a pretty good investment for him and his future. So on top of these insane contracts that he has, not just a record-breaking deal with Kansas City, but also a record-breaking deal with Oakley being the first pro football player to ever sign with the company. So I'd say Patrick Mahomes is doing pretty well for the next rest of his life. He owns part of a baseball team. He has a $503 million contract. He has a deal with Oakley, and more endorsements will come, I imagine. So congrats to him, and it will be interesting to see what other players of a Patrick Mahomes caliber will get across other sports like basketball, baseball, etc. It's just crazy to me what what money in sports looks like now. It'll also be very interesting to see where it continues to go from here. With all that being said, it's good to be back, guys. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you all soon. Peace out.